presence is here he's been here the whole night he doesn't leave you know I, I came into the I came into the auditorium uh, today around 11 and just I sat I sat up here and I started worshiping just quietly I didn't, I didn't want anybody to know I was just singing quietly and the presence is so sweet in this place to him as a, as, a, as a family, as a church body. He can't help but inhabit the praises of his people. Now I want you to know, whatever you need tonight, I don't care what it is. If you need rest, come on man, he'll give you rest. If you need a miracle, well, he's a miracle maker. He made these hands for miracles. He just did. I can't explain it. He just did. Well, when did he do that? I don't know when he created me. He just did. You need your family restored? Come on. Miracle. You need your esophagus healed? Swallowing problems? Breathing problems? Like you're suffocating? Yeah. He'll heal that too. And I'm not just saying things to say things you have an esophagus problem or a throat problem, uh, he's going to heal you tonight. And you can say, well, no, 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 Pastor Bill, let's just take care of it right now. I know. I'm just saying, hey, be patient. You're marinating. You're marinating. It's like a fine Italian restaurant. Let that sauce marinate. Let that sauce marinate. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, telling you it's not just stories that we read in the Bible whatever you need tonight's the night close your eyes and rise up your level of expectation and say no my Jesus is real the blood that he shed for me is real the stripes that he bore on his back are real they're for me they're for my miracle they're for my family they're for my healing Tonight, tonight, in 2018, tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why, why don't we all be seated? We're going to get into the Word. We're going to get into the Word. Glory to God. Glory to God. No, you're good. Can I borrow one? Who brought up this blanket? Tina? I heard Tina. I don't know who Tina is. Oh, Tina. Who's the, who's this for, Tina? Your granddaughter? What's your granddaughter need? Okay. Cool. And you may sit there and say, man, Pastor Bill just said, cool, the six-year-old's having kidney problems and surgery. I get a little giddy when people tell me they're sick. I, in fact, one of, one, of my, one of my good friends um, and, and, and leaders in young adults, I don't know where he's at, but, but Taylor's here somewhere. Um, he brought a young adult up, there he is, brought a young adult up um, for healing. And he walks up to me and this young adult says, hey, Pastor Bill, I, I need healing from, uh, I, think he, I think he cracked his, shattered his hips, back. And, and, and I got all excited. I'm like, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. And he looks at me like I'm crazy. And, and I'm like, no, dude, don't, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's cool that you're in pain, but it's really cool because God's going to have a testimony out of this. And I'm kind of excited. Amen. See, things change when we change. When we have a paradigm of, of oh, glory to God, come on, man, tell me how sick you are. <laughs> this is going to be a cool testimony. You know, it's kind of like, like Jesus, when people came to Jesus and, and they're like, hey, will you come home with me? My daughter's dead. Cool. 
cool, let's go, man, let's bring the party. And, and the whole crowd came. They all came because they wanted to see, because his fame was spreading across everywhere he went. He would go to towns and people would be like, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And people were like, oh, I heard about that guy. I heard about him. I haven't heard him speak, but I heard about him. His fame was spreading. Tonight, his fame is going to spread. Jesus' fame is going to spread tonight. It's just what's going to happen. It's who he is, Jessica. His fame's going to spread, Jessica. It's who he is. So we're going to get into this word, and, uh, and then we're going to find out who that esophagus or throat or breathing problem. It's almost like you're feeling suffocated, maybe. Uh, it was really interesting today in prayer, uh, that, that word of knowledge uh, came about. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to get into that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I even saw this, and, and again, it's just who Jesus is. It's, it's Holy Spirit. Am I the only one that can tangibly tell that Holy Spirit is here? Like, is it just me? He's here. He's kind of always here, huh, Miss Amy? It's just who he is. He loves being with us. Like, he loves being with us so much that we, we sit back sometimes, maybe it's just me, sits back and goes, oh, I, I got to work to get him. I got to work to get him. I got to be right. I got to get my mind straight. And he's just like, dude, I'm just right here. Like, I'm just right here. He's just right here. You know, I want to I share a story uh, that starts in Matthew. And, uh, and in the book of Matthew, uh, you know, this is the bad thing about trying to use your phone as, as notes. Um, when you pick up your phone and you get a text message from your brother and he's bantering about that he's a better golfer than you. Um, and I laughed just like everyone else did. Um, privately, I laugh because we should make a bet that he has to wear a skirt when we play golf because he always loses. I should send him this podcast and see what he says. <laughs> um, the book of Matthew was, was written in approximately 66 to, to 70 uh, A.D. Okay? I want you to kind of understand that, that, that story. And so if we go to... Uh, um, Matthew chapter 17 in verse 14. And, and, and this is, this is kind of interesting. As it reads, it says, And when they came to the crowd, interesting, Jesus was coming and he came to a crowd. You know, I, it, and I want you to hear me because I want you to get this. I want you guys to get a, 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 a revelation, a paradigm shift within your walk with Christ. I want and I endeavor for one of the things that I endeavor for is that when we go play, when I go places, when, when I go out in public or, or when we go on mission trips, I endeavor for people to know that we're coming. Not that Pastor Bill's coming or, 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 or Mama Jen or Pastor Doug or Brother Wade or, or whoever's with us. Not, that the, not, not the individual. But get this, they actually were excited when Paul and Peter were coming because they knew that they'd been with Jesus. So I want you to have a paradigm shift that, that what happens if, if people are actually excited to see you? Oh, whoa, 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 Pastor Bill's coming to town. Now, it's not about Pastor Bill. Without Jesus, I'm not nothing. You wouldn't even want to know me back when I was, I mean, I wasn't a bad guy, but I wasn't, you know, I was lost. And, uh, and so uh, I endeavor that wherever we go, people are like, there's Pastor Bill. Can you pray for me? Because really what they're saying is, there's Jesus. Now, I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm not saying that. But we are supposed to walk like him. And where we're, supposed, where we're going, we should have the wake behind us of testimonies like him. And so in this story, in year about 70 A.D., and when, the, and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. 
and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often he into the water. I always found that verse kind of funny because <laughs> they, uh, sorry, it's how I, I sometimes read things. The dad is like, my son is an epileptic. Well, I'm sorry, but if you fell on fire, wouldn't you want to get in water? Like, like he's saying the water was the epileptic seizure as well. That just boggles my mind. I'd want to jump in water. Um, so he, he, he falls into fire and he often falls into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. See, they took him to the right place, but they could not heal him. I don't endeavor to be that disciple. But if we go down to verse 18, it says this, And Jesus rebuked the demon. He rebuked the demon. So is it fair to say that in 70 AD, they said epilepsy was demonic? You know, I googled epilepsy on, on Google today, and, and it gave all these medical terms, and, and it's brain waves, and neurology stuff, and, and it showed a picture of the brain, and, and I realized this is why I'm not a brain surgeon, and, and so forth. But what I did comprehend was this. In today, 2018, we have an entire... lie of what epilepsy is. An entire story explaining what epileptic seizures are. Oh, it's because of this and this and this and this. And if you have this medication, it will take care of this. But you'll kind of puke a lot. And I find it interesting for the guys that walked with Jesus and for Jesus to say he rebuked the demon. So do, do we in 2018, we have a decision to make. We always have decisions. Do we side with 2018 and say, oh my gosh, we're so smart. And we have so much knowledge. It's just neurology. We were born like, it's not demonic, Pastor Doug. It's just neurology. And if you take this medicine, somehow this little pill will cross the wires of neurology in our brain and we will not become dizzy, and the person will not become dizzy anymore. They will not flop around and foam at the mouth 14, 15 times a day for the rest of their life. Because the medication doesn't promise that they're going to get healed. It doesn't promise that. So we have a decision to make tonight. I could almost say this. What is your epilepsy? What is your epilepsy? And are you choosing to say, no, the doctors of 2018 have told me it's this and this and this. And when it, this happens, this happens, this happens, then I have a disease and I need to take a pill. And I'm not talking bad about all that stuff because we could get into theology and all that. But what I do want you to understand in year 70, Jesus rebuked the demon. As simple as that. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Let's tell you another story. Because that's all, I'm just telling you stories right now. I, I mean, this, this, this book right here is just a storybook. It's just a storybook. We're in 2018. It is just a storybook. Not the Word of God, storybook. Not inspired by Holy Ghost, just a storybook. Because we're in 2018, we know everything. We're educated in 2018. So if we go down to verse 21, let's read this story. And Mark was, Mark, if I remember correctly, was written in like around 80, around there. Who said 31? 31? Oh, I think that's way too early, but Luke was 80. Was Google, did Google say 30? Because we're in 2018. I'm just joking around. In verse 21, let's read this story. Not the Bible, not the Word of God. Let's just read the story. And when Jesus had crossed again into the boat to the other side, check it out, a great crowd gathered about him. And he was beside the sea. He had nowhere to go. He could go back and swim, 
get in the boat, or he could say, okay, I'm here with the crowd. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and, li and live. And he went with them. He went with him. And a great crowd followed him, as the story goes, and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians. I bet you those physicians back in that day, Miss Amy, were super smart. I bet they knew everything. And had spent all that she had on doctors that were really smart. And was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus. She had heard. You know why it's so important when, when, when the body of Christ starts talking about share your testimony. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. Don't be a testimony herder, hoarder. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. <laughs> Miss Amy is the herder of the testimony hoarders. <laughs> And so, and so, and no joke, just a, just a side detail. Because she's a herder of the hoarders, five and a half, six years ago, sitting back off over there with my wife, a video was played about Life Bible College of a husband and wife going, and I had to sit there and eat it in the face as, the, as just the Holy Spirit, as the story goes, right? The story says there's a Holy Spirit. We're in 2018 punches me in my face, and I'm like, oh, man, I have to go to Bible college again. Oh, no. I'm going to lose my job. Meaning I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have to walk away from my job and walk away from all that, that the, the job gave, which is funny in itself. R remember, the devil will tell you a lot of lies. Man, the devil will tell you so many lies. I don't know who this is for. I didn't plan on sharing this. I don't know who this is for. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job. But this is about finances. The devil was trying to make me believe that if I left my job and stepped into full-time ministry without a job, I stepped out of a job with... <laughs> I would love to ask Pastor Mark, hey, what did you really think of me? Um, <laughs> um, so kind of sit back and go, okay, 100% of our salary to 50% of our salary. Just like that. But the devil was trying to sit there and, t and tell me a lie that I'd have nothing. That my kids wouldn't be able to have medical. That my kids wouldn't be able to go to college. That my kids wouldn't be able to do this. And, and my wife wouldn't look at me as a, as a man. He was telling me all those things. And I, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. I live more of a blessed life than I've ever lived in my entire life doing the will of God. I'm telling you what. It is purely laughable that I get, to, I get to sit back every day of my life and kick the devil in his mouth and say, Yo, dude, remember when you said I'd have nothing? Check this out. I've gone to Africa seven times. Hey, we've gone to Hawaii on a, on a vacation paid in cash, not on debt. My kids are going to college. And, and you know, in, in one portion, Miss Amy, and again, thank you for you and Pastor Mark being obedient and doing the will that, that God has for you guys, is the devil was right that I, I wouldn't be able to take my kids to the doctors very often. Because <laughs> they don't get sick. <laughs> I don't have to take them to the doctor. Praise God. I don't, know who that's, I don't know who that was for, but be obedient. When God's hand is upon you, you're a victor's son. You're a victor's son. And if somebody's wondering why I'm carrying this blanket around on me is I'm hoping I sweat all over it. Amen. And I hope the anointing of Jesus Christ flows out of my body and into this, into this right here and goes in and sits on that, that, that child, of, that granddaughter of Tina's, and she gets healed. Yeah. So that's what's going on. It, it, there's a story, just a story in the Bible in Acts 19 that talks about that for, with Paul. It's a story. And so let's get back to this story. 
And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And this, this woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in a crowd. Can you imagine what that looked like? Like just getting back from Africa uh, last Wednesday night, it is the most densely populated amount of people you can even imagine. Like the only thing I can compare it to is like when you see an anthill. And there's an anthill that's maybe three feet by five feet tall, and all you see are ants. That's what Kampala, Uganda is like. It is just everywhere you look, a sea of people and a sea of cars and somehow no wrecks that we usually see unless they're fatalities, but like no wrecks and there's no flow of traffic and no lights and it's in and out and you're thinking, oh my gosh, these people are going to die. Like these people that ride these little motorcycles are going to die. And, um, and so I think to myself with all of these people or when you're at a crusade of, of like three, four thousand, five thousand people and, and the, they, they call them to the altar because Pastor Joseph says, your team's going to go lay hands on all the sick. And you're like, all the sick? And you get down there like we think sometimes, you know, we have a whole thing up here and we have lines going back. No, I'm telling you, when you get down into the crowd at a crusade of like a couple thousand people and all you see are people and then you look back and you, you soon find out that like you're a hundred yards out from the, the crusade stage and you're like, I don't know how I'm getting back. I don't know how I'm getting back. And you just start laying hands on heads. Start playing piano. And people start getting healed. Set free. Set free. And so this story just blows my mind away because as, as you're being like enthralled with people around you because they're coming to get healed. And sometimes you can't even move. You're just reaching. And you're, you're, you're going sideways just reaching. Sometimes you fall onto people even. Because it's, it's chaos. It looks like chaos. But it's not. It's people hungry. It's people knowing that they've spent, their, they've spent all they've had on medicine. They've gone to a witch doctor for, for whatever problem they've had. And so they've castrated and, and like mutilated little child's private parts and killed them. In hopes that it would heal this person. It's a mad, mad world in which we live in. And so when they, when they know Jesus is coming, they can't wait to be touched. They can't wait to be healed and set free. And I can't wait to get there. Like tonight, I can't wait to get here because I know because he showed me people are going to be healed, set free, and delivered tonight. It's who he is. It's not who I am, but it is. Because he's in me. It's not who Pastor Doug is, but it is because it's who's in him. And you could sit back and be like, oh, well, what about, like, what about the pastor's wives? Like, we never really see them. This wasn't planned either. I'm standing on this side. <laughs> Look, I can tell you straight up, 100%. 100%. I could sit down. And these three amazing godly women could stand up and pray for every single one of, of you sick people and you'd walk away healed. Walk away healed. We were at a pastor's thing and, and, and Miss Amy probably thought I was just trying to get out of praying for this lady. And, but I saw Miss Amy praying for her. And so Miss Amy put her hands on her stomach and, and, the, and the lady got healed, like instantly. Instantly. See, it's not me, it's Jesus. It's not Miss Amy, it's Jesus. It's not Jen, it's Jesus. It's not Kate, it's Jesus. It's not Ryan, it's Jesus. It's not Wade, it's Jesus. It's not Rachel, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And this woman had to crawl through. And she said, if I could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And she was healed just like that. And Jesus, and Jesus said, who was it that touched me in this story? And, and his disciples were like, are you kidding me, Jesus? We have thousands of people around us, and you're saying, who is it? There's too many to tell. 
But in fear, she responded and said it was me. It says, in fear, she responded. But her body was healed of that disease. Just a story. Just, it's just a book of stories. Just a bunch of short stories written in 80 A.D. and 78. I mean, we're in 2018. So I'm going to tell you a story that happened in 2018. A week ago. Just so you know, we're at a conference in the middle of a jungle at 10 o'clock a.m., maybe 10.25 by the time we got there. And there happens to be this girl taking photographs of the conference. And she's just taking, she's taking photographs. She, she's not preaching. She's not praying for people. She's taking photographs, guys. In her daily life in Africa, she's taking photographs of you guys getting ministered to. And as she stands there, she hears Holy Spirit say, hey, pray for this dude. So she puts her hand on his shoulder, who he doesn't speak any English, and she doesn't have a translator. So she prays for about 10 seconds, she says. This is the testimony that I get. She prays for about 10 seconds and says, God, just bless him and heal him from, from head to toe. And then continues taking photographs. In 2018, the next night at the, the, the crusade, Pastor Joseph calls up people to share their testimonies. He is a testimony herder, just like Miss Amy. They would love each other. Like, my goodness, man. They, they'd be like, oh, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you get people to do it? Well, he just calls them up to the stage and, and in front of thousands this young man says that I was at the church conference yesterday and one of the girls prayed for me. She put her hand on my shoulder and they prayed for me and I got healed. And everyone goes crazy in 2018. And he says, well, what did you get healed out? And again, Africa is a little different than America. But this is how it goes. I will try to reenact Pastor Joseph as well as I can. He starts laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this? What's he laughing about? You must be kidding me. Have you ever heard of a man having a bleeding problem through their penis? Have you ever heard of a man menstruating through his penis? And I'm standing there, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, do you have any courteous for this young man? Like, I don't see a ring on his finger. Is he ever going to get married? Like, the whole village now knows who he is. I'm standing there in pride for him. Like, oh my gosh. And he's standing there beaming. And he goes, no, I'm serious. Have you, has any of us, has anybody here, and I'm asking you, has anybody of us ever heard of a man bleeding through his private part for four weeks straight? To the point that he concocts something to hold the blood and about every 30 minutes has to go to the bathroom and pour it out because it's full. And he'd gone to the doctor, like Mark chapter 5, man. There's some of you here who have struggled with healing. There's some of you here who struggle to honestly, truly believe to get the unbelief out of you, I've been facetiously joking that, oh, hey, these are just stories. Because there's some of you here who actually have those thoughts. Well, I don't know if I can truly believe it. I, I just, I don't know. Are they just stories? I, I want to believe it. In 60 to 70 to 80 AD to 33 AD, a woman with a bleeding problem a young boy with epileptic seizures and a demon cast out of him and he's healed just like that. In 2018, a young boy has blood flowing from his penis for four weeks straight and it won't stop. And in an instant, a believer, in an instant, an obedient believer sets her hand on his shoulder and just says, in Jesus' name, heal him from head to toe. God bless him. 
No TV cameras, no nothing. No, nothing. Just simple act of obedience to the Holy Spirit in which was left to guide us and teach us. And in an instant, his bleeding issue was healed. In an instant. Mark chapter 5 came alive in 2018. The Bible is real. And I know we all sit back and say, yeah, I know, Pastor Bill, I know it's real. I mean, that's why we're here. No, it's real. I cast that unbelief out of us right now in Jesus' name. These are, this is not, these are not just stories. They are inspired by the Holy Spirit. They walked with Jesus. They saw it for themselves. I saw it for myself last week in Uganda, Africa, in a jungle where there's no anything except beautiful people hungry for the Lord and hungry for the truth. And in an act of obedience, a young girl, a young girl, 19 years old, guys, lays her hand on a, on a young man's shoulder out of an act of obedience, and he gets healed. And he's sharing the story, and then from that point on, this is awesome. There's things that I love about African churches, and this is one of them. In an instant, he is now on the stage of the, of the crusade with the, with the church, and he's now part of the dance and worship team. <laughs> praise God. Like, praise God. Like, hey, devil, you want to know something? Ah, now my son is kicking you in the face because he's dancing and jumping and praising the king's name in which he just got healed from, and he's dancing. And their worship is like two and a half hours. It is, isn't it? It's like two and a half hours, and you're, and you're sweating profusely because, one, it's Africa hot. And he's up there dancing. And I wish I could dance like that, but I can't, and I'm not going to try. Actually, you know what? Because I love this sister. Come here, man. Come here. Hurry up. Yeah, no. Are you from Africa as well? She is. Yeah, we want, we want sister in the white. Come up here real fast. Come up here real fast. Um, now, I don't know if this is going to work. Aubrey, praise the Lord. Aubrey, where are you at? Aubrey, get up here. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Go play something on the keys that she can dance to. Come up here, sister. Okay. Hey. No, 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 no sing. No sing. I want you to dance like your tribal dance. Okay? So they will bring, bring, bring people up, and this is what he was doing. This is how they do testimonies. You get healed, go. Come on. Come on. And they will dance to prove that they're healed. And I know you got more than that, sister. Come on. And the whole the whole group will go. Thank you. You, you can sit down. And and here's the deal. I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what area she's from, but, but here, from Rwanda, yeah, yes, it's just, it's just southern, western, western, southern of, of Uganda, and here's the, here's the deal that, that we all learn, you're good, Aubrey, and is that each, each tribe has a different tribal dance, and it's beautiful, and so they, they'll play music, and they just start dancing, and so if you get healed in Uganda from a knee injury, you're dancing. It's just what it is, man. And it's really putting it in the devil's face. It is putting it in the devil's face. And so, in 2018, Mark chapter 5. And then in the, in the next night of the crusade, we have, I believe, three people. In the matter of the four nights of the crusade or three nights of the crusade, we had three or four people that came with Matthew 17. With epilepsy. But these are just stories. Aren't they? No. This is the word of God. It is true. 
It is true when it was written. It was true before it was written. It was true, glory to God. This was true before earth was ever created. Can you imagine the bedtime stories Jesus got from God? Jesus was sitting there and he was like, yo, dad, tell me another story. Hey, son, there's going to be this time when you're going to be down there. And there's going to be this dude named Lazarus. He's your friend. He's going to be buried. And you're not even going to be worried because you're going to be like, hey, no, 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 no. We've got time. We'll get there. But you're going to get to the cave and you're going to say, Lazarus, come out. And he's going to rise up and walk. Can you imagine those bedtime stories? They were true before they were written. They were true before Jesus walked the earth. This has been true since the beginning of time, since God created. He knew. They're true today. So we're, we're standing there again in a crusade, and we're praying for people and praying for people. And this, this, this might mess you up a little bit because, you know, our theology says we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. feel like somebody needed to hear that once more. So we pray over the masses because it got late one night and, and pastor knew that we couldn't pray over a couple thousand people. And so we just prayed over the masses. And I said, who got healed? And hands start popping up. They start popcorning. And they start popping up. And so the next night people come and, and they give testimony. And this young woman who got brought by her mom had 14 to 15 epileptic seizures a day. A day. And for how long, Jen? Several years. Years. She got prayed for, cast a demon out of her. Now, for all us American Christians that get a little, maybe like, oh, whoa, what's this church? If you're new here, you're a guest, we welcome, we would love you, but it's just Bible. You know, um, when, when Jesus gave us the, the Great Commission, the very first thing he told us to do was cast out demons. It wasn't the last, it was the first. Jesus was very particular in what he did and how he said things and when he said things. The very first thing he said was cast out demons. Epilepsy is a demon. It's in the word. So this, this young, young woman gets set free. No seizures the rest of the night. No seizures the rest of the day. And she's on the stage dancing and, and doing her thing. And that's the best this white boy's got right there. I ain't got no more than that. But really, it's just because there was no beat. And, uh, you know, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And uh, in 2018, epilepsy kicked out of people, cast out in Jesus' name, and healed. In 2018. These are not just stories. I didn't leave my job to tell stories. I left my job to give testimonies. I left my job to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. That's what I left it for. I left it because I love God. I left it because obedience is greater than sacrifice. And as I continue to grow, and I'm growing, I'm not perfect yet. But as I continue to grow, I continue to get so much more out of reading the Word of God because it's true. I get so much more because I'm obedient in where I'm at. I'm here. Like loving the family that God has put me in. Loving the family when we go back to Uganda. Loving you guys. I mean, is there anything better? Is there anything better? I'm telling you tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to be a testimony teller. A testimony walker. And how God showed me it was going to happen today, how he showed me, that, how, <laughs> how he showed me people were going to get prayed for and healed and set free um, is just awesome because to me it's God. Like, like all the pastors know and, and so forth, like I could just say, okay, let's just pray for the sick. Come up, 
and lay hands on all the sick. Right? We can do that. But how he showed me, and this is going to be a surprise to a few. Just a, a few. I wasn't able to contact everybody. Art laughs because I told him and the rest of the usher group, I said, hey, su- surprise. Be ready. Jesus is going to do his thing. Now, I'm not going to jump off the stage, Yaz. But we're going to have the team that went to Africa with us this trip. We're going to have them come up in just a little bit because I've seen them at work. They just, they just left a nine-day mission trip praying constantly for the sick, seeing healings, seeing the Bible come to life, casting out demons, an epileptic demon on the stage. They, they bring demon-possessed people. They just bring them up and go plop on the stage. My mind is like, hey, let's build like a, a tent over here to the side and like let's not give the devil any credit like, let's not have any distractions. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, let's not have any distractions. That's my American mentality. Over there, they're just like, plop, and they go get more. And then you turn around at some point. Everyone that's been to Africa knows this. You'll set somebody free, and you're like, yes. Oh, hallelujah. And you turn around, and there's 25, 30 people. And I looked over at one, and it makes me so mad. Oh, it makes me so mad. I see this woman, and it's, oh, it makes me so mad. Like, if you you ever wonder, like, what kind of drives me to pray for people, or pray, and want to set people free, get this picture set in your head. To see a beautiful young woman, a daughter of God, flopping around, screaming in pain, and literally foaming at the mouth with like saliva puke coming out. That is a child of God being tormented by... It ain't right. It ain't right. You know what this world needs? It needs a bunch of Christians that understand the very first thing he told us to do in the Great Commission is cast out demons. Not pop pills. Look, I was in law enforcement a lot of years where, where you want to know how many homes I walked into where parents were filling their kids up with antidepressants and you talk to the kids and they're saying, Officer Thomas, I don't feel right. I don't like how this makes me feel. And if I would have only known, if I would have only known the truth that this wasn't a story but it's true, if I could have only known the truth at that time in my life to sit there in somebody's home and say, Hey, Justin, Do you mind if I pray for you right now and we'll get you set free? It's really easy. And walk downstairs to the parents and say, hey, your son is set free. You're not going to have knives thrown at you anymore. You're not going to have your youngest son run into your bedroom scared that his brother's trying to kill him. Our world is a mad, mad world because Christians are not doing enough of what God told us to do. And I believe that we are the church. And when I say we the church, I mean we the church in general. But I also believe we the church here at Life Church. We have enough revelatory teaching from the Word of God. We have an amazing pastor, an amazing pastor that has like, talk about depth of the Word. Depth of the Word. Depth of the Word. You want to know how deep we really have to get? There's so many people that love to be like, I'm a scholar. I'm studying to be a scholar. You know how deep we have to get? Is I read this and Jesus says, I've given you dominion. Use my name. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Make disciples of all nations. Done. Wait a minute. Wait, where's where's the scripture where it says I have to know everything? But Jesus, I don't know everything. You know what he tells me when I go on that bout? Because honestly, I work with people that know a ton. It can be intimidating sometimes. Or when Tony Cook comes here and teaches the word. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I have to go try to teach Bible college after he teaches Bible college? 
Can I have a designated hitter? Hey, pastor, I think we should have another guest speaker come in. <laughs> I'm just saying. I can't find the scripture that says I have to know everything. It does say study and show yourself approved. So let's stay in the word. Let's continue to ask God for knowledge and for wisdom and for revelation upon the word. To ask revelation of, of his name like this. God, why do I have to go to Uganda and why do we have to take 15, 16 people when we could send that money and build a school? I have struggled with that for about the last two or three trips to the point of not wanting to go because I want to build a, a school there, because I want a church to be built there, because I, I want a Bible college to be built there. So God, can we just like, can I just talk to the 15, 16 people and say, hey, we're going to take our, our 1000 to $2,000 of airfare and we're just going to send it. And we're going to build something. And I continue to ask God about that for the last two or three trips. And he says, no, 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 I have to have you there. And I'm like, why? It's hard. You don't sleep much. I used to say the food wasn't good, but it's amazing. this last trip was amazing. It was awesome. And he says, I have to have your feet there. Okay. I'll go. What are we doing? Let's go. And then this same, last trip that we just got back from, same thing. God, do we have to go? There's 16 of us. We could, we could, that takes care of all that we would have to do and more. No, I have to have your feet there. And so we go there and we see a man with bleeding issue, like Mark chapter 5, healed just like that. We see over 350 salvations. We see seven Muslims saved. Healing after healing after healing after healing. Just like that, because Jesus is who Jesus is, and he does what he says he'll do. And then just on Monday is when I got revelation. I was driving with, on Eagle Road, almost to my revelation window of uh, Eagle Road and Pine. And I'm driving, I'm just kind of talking to him, I'm like, God, why, I, I just want to fully understand why do we have to always go, like, how are we going to get the money to build a Bible college? And how are we going to get the money to build capstone for these kids that you called us to do? How are we going to do that? We could send airfare money. He's like, I told you. Are you dumb? I need your feet on the ground, son. And I'm like, I know. I won't ask anymore. I didn't ask, but I kept thinking. He didn't say I couldn't think, Pastor Mac. said don't ask. I said I wouldn't ask, but I kept thinking. I kept meditating about it. And all of a sudden, clear as a bell. And I knew this part. I mean, I thought I knew it. And he says, you know, don't you remember I have streets of gold in heaven? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, would that have done any good for me to send gold to earth for your salvation? No. Uh-uh. I had to send Jesus' feet. Now get this, it's not Jesus' feet that, that saved us. But in the conversation, in the context that we've had for the last two years, Jesus' feet had to leave heaven and come to earth and walk. And, and this is the part that gets me is I thought I understood why Jesus came. I thought I understood the, the gravity of it. But he literally had to leave heaven. He had to leave God. He had to leave God, heaven, to come down to earth and have his feet walk on earth for me. The same is what Pastor Mark is doing in the Philippines right now. He, had to, he has to have Pastor Mark's feet on the ground in the Philippines to teach the gospel. To teach the gospel, to change people's lives. Like Jesus came to the earth and changed our lives. He has to have us go to Africa. He has to have us go to Germany. He has to have us go to Bermuda. He has to have us go to these other countries. Why? Because Jesus did the same thing. And those people would have never been healed if we just sent money. There's a need for money too, don't get me wrong. 
but I think I finally got it this last week. That so many of us, and this has taken a turn, I don't know why, why we're going there, but, but we as Americans, we must be the feet. We must be a church of Jesus' feet going out with Jesus' hands and Jesus' heart and the heart of the Father in us and casting out demons and healing the sick and, yeah, raising the dead if need be too. We must study the word to show ourselves approved. Not to me, not to Pastor Doug, not to Miss Amy, not to Pastor Mark, not to any of us, but to God. So that he, 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 we know his word and we can remind him of it. Abraham reminded God of his word. He said, hey, 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 don't smite us. You said, don't, don't do it in anger. God's like, oh, that's right. You reminded me of my word. Why do we have to be here on a Wednesday night? Why do we have to be here on a Sunday? God, glory to God, we must have our feet here. We must have our feet here. It's not a religious ceremony. There, like, thank God I know Pastor Mark and Miss Amy well enough to know that this is not a religious ceremony. They would not do this if it was a religious ceremony. I wouldn't do it. I, I, there's not a chance you could find me set foot inside of a church that was doing a religious ceremony for a religious ceremony. I wouldn't sit here with this blanket on my right shoulder sweating like crazy underneath it as a religious act. No, I know that the anointing goes into apparel and clothing and cloths and it heals people. It's not the blanket, it's the anointing. It just is. The Word of God is true. He died for your sins, but He also died and bore the stripes upon Him for your healing. It's already done. It's already done. And so who, who had the, who had the, because it's happening again. Who has the, the, the thing? It's you? It's you? Okay, come up, stand up here. Let's, let's scoot this thing back. It was the anointing. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be so harsh in the beginning. So why don't you, why don't you three, four. Hey, and just so you guys know how, how things happen, why don't you guys stand right here. Just so you guys know how things happen, we were, we were preaching at that high school Monday night, and I had a word of knowledge about um, this young man who was unsaved that he had stomach pain and ulcers. And uh, I said, hey, do you need prayer for anything? He says, no. I said, do you have stomach pain? No. Can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. So I start praying for him. I'm like, are you sure you don't have like stomach pain? Or, I, I lean over in his ear. I go, are you sure you don't have stomach pain or ulcers? Oh, I have ulcers. <laughs> I'm telling you, as a minister, I'm just letting you guys into, into, into I'll say my mind. I'm not going to speak for other ministers. Into my mind. God gives me a word of knowledge, and, and then I have to jump. I have to jump off of this platform, so to speak, in a, in a spiritual sense, and be like, well, here goes this esophagus word, and wow, that's interesting. I've never been told esophagus in prayer. Could have told me throat, and I probably would have done it a lot quicker, God. But you told me esophagus, now I'm kind of wigging out. And, and, you know, I said it, and, and in the beginning when I said it, I'm like, come on, just, just, just an excited person, just raise your hand. And nobody raised their hand. <laughs> the, the three came up, and then one more came up a little bit later. One more came up a little bit later. Here's what typically happens, is the word of knowledge will come, and, and either you or whatever, you'll sit there and you'll be like, I wonder who that's for. Or the other thought is, there's no way I'm raising my hand because I'll be the only person. Like, what would have happened in Africa if I would have said, in front of 4,000 people, uh, there was 500 at the, at the conference when, when the gal prayed for the boy. Well, what, what would have happened if I said, hey, what dude here has a bleeding problem through his private part? I doubt, well, in Africa, they would have raised their hand. No joke. Like in Africa, the dude would have jumped up. And he was like, me! 
And he would have been running and he would have just like ran into me and he would have grabbed me and he would have been like, I'm healed. And I would like, I didn't pray for you. But in his mind, he's like, I touched you. Now, this is what it would look like in America if I said that word of knowledge. Hey, who, what man in here has a bleeding issue through his private part? And if you're married, your wife's going to be like, because she can't do this because everyone will see this. So she'll do the knee bump. And then this no joke is what will happen. Tuesday, I'll get an email for counseling. I need counseling, Pastor Bill. You were praying and you had a word about me and I know you're the one that can heal me. I was the guy, and you can hear the whisper through the, te- through, the, through the email. I was the guy with the bleeding problem. And then I'm sitting at my computer. I'm just being transparent. I'm at the computer thinking to myself, God gave me the word last night for you. And there's something on this for, for us, for Americans. He shared with me one time in, in, in a... In a a road trip in the jungle when I asked an African I said what do you like about living in the jungle compared to the city Livingston and he says oh the food is so much sweeter and fresher in the jungle a mango tastes like it doesn't uh, it, I can't explain what a mango tastes like in the jungle compared to the, the to, to the city and and corn is so sweet compared to the city because by the time we get it in the city it's two weeks old two weeks old I'm like that's not bad in America like we preserve our food like our corn's like jerky and uh, and so he says that, and he turns back around, and I'm sitting there looking out into the most beautiful country. It's beautiful there. Um, and I'm looking out the window, and Holy Spirit says, it's just like my words. When I give you a word of knowledge, it's for them. Don't let it, don't let it waste. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And so the people will call, and, and it's fine. It, it's, it's America. But I'm encouraging us. I'm encouraging us. I'm encouraging us. I'm encouraging us. When God gives a word of knowledge, esophagus. There is something sweet and fresh on that word about tonight. I wonder if it's like when the Israelites were in the, in the desert and they saved up the manna, it, it rotted. No, it was, for, it was for them. You know what I mean? So when you hear a minister give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, take it right then and there. Be aware and be like, no, I know my issue and that's me. And I don't, man, I'm telling you, when we become a church, when we become a, a people of God that says, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm going. I'm going. You want, we keep saying we want to see miracles. And we do. We see miracles every Wednesday. We see miracles every Sunday. We see miracles from people within this house Monday through Sunday. It's who we are. It's who we are. And, I, and I, I, church in the dirt. You see miracles? See miracles in church in the dirt. But I'm telling you, when we become a people where it's like, hey, who in here? And it's a dude. You're having a bleeding issue through your private part. Can you imagine? I believe that part of the reason we see miracles the way we see miracles in Uganda and Africa in, is because they come running and they're like, I don't care who sees me. I want this done because I will die. When we become that people. And then the rest of the, and then the, rest of the city. And the rest of the country come into our house and they're like, whoa, they're going up. I'm going up. It's what happens, guys. Truth spreads like wildfire. So we have these, these five sisters over here that were bold enough to say, yeah, I have an esophagus problem. And I don't know what all that entails. But what we're going to do is we're going to have the... the the team of however many is in this, in this auditorium right now that, that just got from uh, Africa. Come on up. Let's try to hurry. Go ahead and, and span out from down there to over here. 
So just so you guys know, because I know sometimes people are like, oh no, I want the pastor to pray for me. I want Pastor Mark to pray for me. I want Pastor Doug to pray for me. I want Pastor Bill to pray for me. I get it. If, if I was at a Benny Hinn crusade and Benny, you know, I'm sitting next to some dude, I probably don't want some dude to pray for me. I want Benny Hinn to lay his hands on me. If I was at a Brother Hagen conference back in the day, I would want Brother Hagen to lay hands on me. But if he told me, hey, this is how the Lord showed me, then I will be obedient and be like, you know what? If, if Brother Hagen got showed by Holy Spirit that this is how it's going to happen, then I know my healing is in this, in this fruit that will not grow sour. I'm being obedient for your healing. They're being obedient for your healing. Amen? So if you've come tonight and you need a healing, and I don't care what it's for, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> the other thing is, uh, 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 man, I just see it cycling through your stomach. Um, huh. Like a uh, digestive, a digestive system track thing. If you have a digestive problem, uh, come on up and find somebody to stand in front of. Um, you're going to get healed tonight. Um, if you need um, migraines, uh, you're going to get healed tonight. You're going to get set free from migraines tonight. And from, what, from that point on, just know, those are just things he shared with me. Jesus is here. From the beginning of the night, people are going to get healed. You're going to get your healing tonight. I want you to come forward. Ushers will have, have, have you in lines. And we're going we're gonna to play some worship music. And, and for, the, for everyone else that is here, stay in it. Stay in it, man. Be part of the healing. Be part of the healing. If this, if this goes on too much, <clears throat> if this goes on too long, not too much, that's the wrong word. Wouldn't it be rad to have a healing night go where it literally goes out into the city in rumor and the city starts invading this place? Now, it's not, it's, that's not beyond, right? Because in 2018, as we went into this jungle, a unsaved businessman in the village called the pastor and said, Hey, I don't believe in God. I never have and I'm an atheist. But ever since your Christians, American Christians, have come into this village, my business has prospered. It's what we carry. It's what you guys carry. So it is very plausible that the rumors will start going out, the testimonies will start going out, and cars will start flooding like, I don't know who's seen the movie, Field of Dreams. But in the end of that, at the end of that, you see car lights forever, for miles, at the end of it, trying to get to go see a baseball field. That's based on a true story. People driving to see a baseball field. And I love baseball. Can you imagine line after line, and they have to, because I know what time the airport closes, Let's, let's force Boise, Boise Airport to force them to actually be an international airport that stays at least until three. Because people are flying in to get healed. To get healed. People are starving for it. People are starving for it. Amen? So let's, if you want to stand up and worship, stand up and worship. Hey, uh, this, this just happened too. Start praying for people. I'm just, I'm just going to minister as you guys start praying for people. Hey, there is somebody here, um, and you may say, hey, this might be easy. Of course, there's somebody here. I mean, we have how many people? But there is a specific person here that has a spirit of anger. Now, you're an angry person. Um, and that's, that, that, anger, uh, that anger is like almost like, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my past. You don't know my hurts that the church has called me, caused me. But that God has caused me. Look, God, God loves you. God did not cause those hurts. We live in a fallen world where the, the devil is... He's good at what he does. But he ain't better than God. We have a huge part to play in it. 
and it's 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 called this it's a hard word submission i submit to you jesus i submit to your ways because your ways are better than my ways your ways are better than my ways your ways are better than my ways if if you need to be bro- if you need that spirit of anger to be broken off of you man it can be happen just like that it is so easy and so simple i mean it is just a simple simple prayer and here's here's something i'm going to i'm going to share with with all the people down here praying if you guys can listen listen as as i talk to you guys you know it, it just a reminder it's just a friendly reminder you know in africa we, we you guys prayed for people and you didn't even speak their language we don't we don't need a a, a long dialogue of what people need be bold you're anointed you were called to do this lay hands on the sick cast the sickness out and let's let's boogie amen